In three, two, one. Welcome back to another episode of Unscripted Exchanges. I'm Cole. And I'm Hayden. Excited to be back here today, man. Name hasn't changed. I thought it did. I thought you were going to go by something different today. Hey, someone actually at work kept calling me Wilson. Maybe I'm Wilson in another life. You're like, Will, you're like Wilson from uh, Cast Away. Have you seen that movie? Is that uh, with Tom Hanks? Yeah, he's Wilson. Oh my, that movie is such a good, that's such a classic. Such Because I, I feel like that would totally, I would be that person that I'd have to make a friend with like a volleyball or something because I would go, I, I, I if I was put in solitary confinement, I think I'd lose my mind. Well, I think that's how he saves his sanity. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But he's like, it's just, he's like, Wilson. Remember when Wilson leaves? I cried during that. Like, I'm like, that I, I actually sucks. have not seen uh, the film at all, but I've, I know the, the premises. You got to check it out. Yeah. It's all good. Right. Yeah. Cole, we got another action-packed episode. Should so, we just dive on in or uh, you kind of just want to uh, dude, hit pick me. at some of the appetizers? Dude, I want to dive into the, the full entree, dude. I'm, you know what? You're I, ready to eat? I'm ready to, dude, feed me, baby. <laughs> feed me. I think uh, the first topic that I want to uh, dive into today would be Elon Musk and Tesla. He is not shy and likes to be in the news these days. I know we've talked about him uh, ad nauseum, but uh, he keeps us all interested in everything that's going on there. I don't know if you've seen uh, most recently the news that, and that's the wrong article, but we'll get there. We're just teasing you guys. Yeah. We are uh, working on some uh, tech upgrades. Surprise, surprise. But uh, here's the article that I wanted to reference. Tesla slashes its prices across all of its models in a bid to boost sales. What do you think? Well, first of all, right, Elon Musk is just fun to talk about. Like, he he's like um, a, a maverick or, you know, he's kind of like one of those people that like anytime you hear his name it's like you you've got something juicy to talk about right so obviously we're going to pick like you know he's all he's always on the news he's done a bunch of stuff twitter yada 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 but i think this was like this is pretty big because you know tesla for the longest time was the premier electric vehicle like they weren't inexpensive they were very pricey and they were that way because that was the premium electric vehicle you could get right and now all of a sudden, like it's not just slashing. And I wish I wish I knew exactly how much he slashed. But like the reason this made the news wasn't because he he dropped two grand off of the price. It's because he he got to the point he cut the prices so much that people are like, you've you've got to be shitting me. I I there people are actually mad and upset because they're like, hey, I just bought you know I just bought a car two weeks ago. Like what what happened to this being the premium? So I think um I think it's it's interesting and. I, I guess the question, Hayden, is like, why do you why do you think he did that? And, and you know, this article is a great article by NPR, which I like NPR because it's very kind of in the middle. Like they're not skewed one way or the other. It's it's very factual a lot of the times. Um, don't quote me on that because there might be some stuff that I haven't seen that I don't like. But it's media. Anything's it, it, gonna have yeah, its flaws. But I, I like NPR. It's a good source. I, I I use them pretty frequently when I'm referencing, especially stuff that related to business. My question to you, Hayden, is like, why do you think? Why do you think he did? It? Not what they said he did it, but why do you think Elon Musk decided to, you know, 
literally slash the prices on his on his vehicles. Well, I will take kind of some of the information that I have been uh, researching on, but if you go back to when Elon was first kind of starting Tesla up in the early 2000s or yeah, yeah, 2008, 2010 time frame, I think he was uh, trying to promote that he would eventually have a vehicle that or vehicles that would be very economical for the customers. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, you know, over the past, give or take five to seven years, the cars that he's produced are still somewhat expensive. And then he did have the model three come out that became a little bit more affordable to the common, uh, person i think that one was around 35 mm-hmm. to 40 ish don't exactly quote me on that but i think he wanted to lower prices because one it was going to allow other customers to dip into his portfolio mm-hmm. of products um and then two he was definitely very strategic about this um as the article states there were some cars that were not eligible for a tax break or a tax credit at the end of the year. You had to be within, I think, 60000 or less or mm-hmm. something like that. And his model uh, Ys and such were definitely more, more expensive. Than yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I think that was kind of the strategic play there, which then ultimately, going back to my first point, allows more customers to be incentivized to buy his cars. So it's a supply and demand type of equation. And uh, I think it's going to end up proving to be a smart move. Now, we'll have to see how things uh, play out here for Musk and Tesla over the next couple of months. But I do think you'll see more people buy his cars and they're going to be able to take advantage of that tax credit Mm -hmm. of 75 up to $7,500. So totally hear what you're saying. And I, I think there's more to it than he just did it just to do it, right? I think probably the target market that he's going for, like to be able to, to basically grab some more market share because he's competing with all the big manufacturers are all starting to roll all their, all their EVs, right? And he's got to compete with that being the company that is newer to the block, that's only electronic vehicles. He's got to figure out a way to still stay competitive. I think there's probably some pressure on that end. Um, I think also too, from from my perspective, and and it's probably noted somewhere in this article. I'd have to remember where exactly it is, but I think part of it too is like he probably has a cost of manufacturing has been has gone down over time. And although one would think that it would be going up given today's yeah, economy, yeah, but but you've got. The, the the batteries were always the most expensive piece. Yeah. So the more people you've got working on batteries for electrical vehicles, probably it's it's probably gone down a little bit. Um, and I think he's become a more established company. So, you know, I think there's probably a little bit of that going on. I also think Elon Musk has always been a big social player, meaning like I want to do stuff to to move the needle forward. Sometimes it's detriment to him financially, right? Like he's like, I bought Twitter. He bought Twitter. Because he wanted to change it for everybody that used it, right? He tried to back out, but he didn't. I mean, he it was a losing purchase for him. He wasn't making money by buying it. Uh, but he did that to change, right? To move it forward. So by him slashing his prices and bringing them down, I think a part of that is you know moving towards 
hey, having more electric vehicles out on the road. Like, hey, I'm going to get in a better price point so more people can purchase them. Because, again, more people that have the ability to purchase them, that's going to exponentially increase the adoption of electrical vehicles. Exactly. And the White House administration has a big push for EVs mm-hmm. over the next five-ish years. I forget exactly how long it is. But, yeah, I think the point to hit home on that you just mentioned is we want to get to a point where Americans are hitting mass adoption with electric vehicles. And this is Tesla's version of trying to do that for Mm -hmm. their particular uh, portfolio of cars. Um, And as you said, Elon is relatively new or sorry, Tesla is relatively new to the car market and he wants to be able to go up against the Goliath Mm -hmm. of, you know, the car industry. So I think this is going to be a smart move. You know, for me personally, I am intrigued of maybe purchasing one by the end of the year. Dude, you should, yeah. Um, I mean, we'll we'll see where where things end up at that point in time. It's a future uh, Hayden problem to, to solve for. But yeah, I mean, if I'm interested in these cars i think other people are going to be interested in them because of this news i mean 20 percent is not something to like uh you know what he he lowered it by you know a couple thousand dollars some of these i think dropped almost nineteen thousand dollars yeah up to 20 percent yeah that's huge that's what slash yeah huge. big difference from like cutting prices a little bit 20 percent. yeah that's massive now the one thing i did catch a little bit of and i want to see how you would react personally is let's say you bought a tesla at the end of 2022 mm-hmm. and you paid full price or retail price whatever it is and then come a month later i'm saying cole i'm buying a tesla myself and i get it for 20 percent like the less. exact same car everything the exact same exact same i'd be pissed i'd be pissed yeah, I think that's what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Now, that needs to be fact-checked, but I haven't seen any evidence that Tesla is crediting like, back. Or giving like a rebate credit. or something? Yeah. yeah. Um, which I, I see both sides. From a business perspective, bottom line, they sold it for whatever that price was at that point in time, and right. then prices changed. It's like sales. You know, sometimes you miss out. But as... You and I were talking uh, before the show. It is similar to a situation where retailers nowadays, more times than not, will give customers the benefit of the doubt and will credit them back on a purchase if there is a sale within you know X amount right, of time. Like, like you left a week ago and there's a sale going on this week. Right. Um, I, I think it's also, too, where I where I see it from both sides is like, yeah, I mean, our prices were this price at this time. We're not trying to screw you, but we changed our pricing. It's It wasn't... I think there's a couple things that kind of go on there, too, is, A, if you... Where I think they should do it is if, let's say you... Let's say I ordered the same car six weeks ago. Yep. And then you ordered it now. I haven't got mine yet, but you, that you got your 20% less. Then, yeah, I, I think 100% Tesla should be like, yeah... Yeah, dude. You, you yeah, we've dropped the prices. You haven't got yours in yet, so it's not like the car has been de- as deep as lost value from driving it off the lot. I would think they should do that, but I also see, see it from their perspective too. Is just like it is what it is, and th- 
I think we're we're also we got to remember is if you get a Tesla from from what I've read and when you talk to people like we had Ben on here that has you know his whole family drives them and they love them absolutely love them Rick has a Tesla and a lot of people that that drive them love love everything about the vehicle so I would might be upset but would I like decide to get rid of it or like write Tesla off probably not if I liked it that much. I'd probably be a little pissed for a little bit, and then the next time I got a new vehicle, I'd probably go back to Tesla, and I'd trade it in and get another one. Yeah, I mean, that's why people always say you got to read the fine print when Mm -hmm. you're signing contracts, too. I mean, we all get caught up with it from time to time, and I'm sure there's something that states, like, you know, Tesla has the right to change the prices of these vehicles. You know, if they do change, like, you're not going to be getting a credit back or something like that again i need to do a little bit more research but i have not found anything that points to these previous customers getting some type of credit maybe not the full credit back but even a partial credit i haven't seen anything like that so here's a good question for you yeah because they've done this Mm -hmm. you know tesla for the longest time has been the premium ev brand right one of the only ones but top tier do you think they're going to lose some of that brand equity by dropping prices? Like, do you think they're going to be looked at as like, hey, why, you know, what did you do to make your cars less expensive? I would say no, in all honesty. And the reason for that is they were one of the first adopters or early adopters is probably a better way. And they have software that other companies don't have just yet when it comes to other big car titans. Mm-hmm. They are so far ahead of the rest of the pack. I think their brand equity still is going to be just the same or still maybe even better than some of these other well-known automakers because of their software. And I would compare it similar to Apple. And this can be debated because you have Samsung, who's another great company and a Titan. But I would say Tesla has software that is top of the line. Everyone else falls below. So therefore, their brand equity is still going to be perceived to be better. Again, it's very debatable. Well, I want to debate it a little bit because here's here's what I want to debate. So software, great. They have awesome software. Yep. But how are you able to make that same car and sell it to me for 20% less without, without hurting any of the actual functionality of the vehicle. Like that would be, that's what crosses my mind is I'm like, oh, they were able to cut prices by 20%. What did they do differently in the manufacturing to be able to do Where did they, where did they, instead of using, uh, you know, premium type A material, they decided to go to type B. Like where did they do well, that? Well, I don't know. The way that I think of that is I don't know if they necessarily changed any of their uh, assembly line and the materials on it. But I, that's what I would start thinking. That's what, Sure, that's fair. You know what I'm saying? That, that That's what I my mind and a lot of people's mind probably goes to is like, okay, great. Well, A, I understand why I did it, but like how could – and then I'd also start thinking to myself, well, is it, were they just ripping everybody off? Well, I don't know if I would use the word ripping I'm everyone just, off, just but th- no, you're you're speaking your your mind. It's, yeah. it's our show. I, I I think here's my take, and it's an opinion myself as well. I think that their profit margins were probably higher than the average auto company. Uh-huh. Now that needs to be fact checked as well, as I keep saying today. But I think that where they were able to reduce the price of their cars is the fact that. 
they know long term they have software that's going to be better than any other company. Mm-hmm. And what I'll sprinkle in as a better example, there are other ways that they're probably saving or accruing reoccurring mm-hmm. revenue, and that's through their supercharging. They used to, I believe, offer free supercharging, or you got like some type of cre- credit right. yeah, mm-hmm. when you purchase their vehicle. Now that's not the case when you buy one of these. So again, there's different ways you can hide money. Mm-hmm. Making it back up exactly. somewhere else. Exactly. So right. that that's one particular example that I have personally seen. Mm-hmm. But you bring up a good point. Like, yeah, are they switching out a material for a little bit less of a quality material? Maybe they are, maybe they're not. I haven't seen so anything I, that, that shows that. Mm-hmm. But again, using my example of the supercharging, it's things like that where well, they, they can, can start to... Well, I'm playing, I'm trying to kind of, I was trying to, trying to poke you with no, the, I, I love the dumb that. consumer, yeah. com, the, the, not dumb, but the uneducated consumer going, oh, or the, or the person that wants that, that wants to tell somebody they spent $80,000 on a vehicle yep. and now it's 60 grand. Um, which is, which is, you know, to me is great. But if I'm not knowing what Tesla actually did and I have, if I was just not thinking all that through and like logically, which was a great way to logically, cause they're probably spreading things out from a business standpoint, you know, that's a, that's a, I think that's a concern. A lot of people are going to have Yeah, that just look at the surface level and go, well, a, you know, why, why is it so much less expensive? That's the question I, th- I would be asking you know, and again, I love how you laid out the reasons where they could probably make that money back. But are they are they explaining that to their customers too? Like, are they are they explaining that like nothing's changed? And I don't know. But if I was Tesla, I would get ahead of that. And Tesla, shout out Elon, you should probably get ahead of that because you dropped your prices significantly. Well, that's going to raise some red flags for people that thought they were buying the premium vehicle. It might still be premium, but you got to explain why you were able to do that. Well, he still has a premium line of vehicles, by mm-hmm. the way. Well, I, I think I, they're all should be premium, though. I mean, Tesla's Tesla's a premium manufacturer of cars. Uh, I think that's debatable. And that's why he has a portfolio of cars where there are some that are seen as premium mm-hmm. and others maybe are... I don't know. That's a tough one. And uh, premium is a challenging word when it comes to marketing as well. Right, uh, right. <laughs> I, you go either way. Yeah, I, I think one last thing, then we can jump onto the, the next topic here, is there are, I keep going back to software, and that's because I work in the software space mm-hmm. myself. There are ways that you can, again, accrue different revenue streams. So, and I'm not saying Tesla has done this, but maybe it's something they could do, could do um, or maybe it is a, a fact. I'm just thinking on the fly here. Let's say that before when you were buying the vehicle for 60,000, I'm just making up numbers yeah. here and now it's 40,000. What they could have done, not only the supercharger example and having people have to pay for that now, they could have also spun things differently when the $60,000 vehicle might have had a type of software come with it mm-hmm. that you are now not getting on the 40000 You have to pay extra. You have to, yeah, it's an incremental ad. So again, there's different levers that you can kind of market products with. And not just cars, but like uh, yeah, phones no, actually, too. That's a good point because it's like by the basis. It's like, oh, you can get this and it's 20% less. But if you want the 
this feature. Right. If you want the self-driving mode right. now, it's this yeah, price. That, yeah, added on, right. But again, I'm not saying that's what Tesla did. <laughs> Look but into it. It, it, it gives you some other ways to think about how maybe they are positioning Right. Products. There's a, re there's a, there, yeah. I'd be interested to look into. Yeah. For sure. Shall we, uh, dive on into our, uh, next big topic here, which is another Titan? We're going to actually, uh, jump back to the first one that you guys might have seen a sneak preview of if you're watching the video version of this. But Google, mm -hmm. Google employees scramble for answers after layoff hit long tenured and recently promoted employees man we've seen it in the news not just with google but a lot of companies oh, in yeah. particular uh tough times for for a lot of folks out there in today's uh economy and you you empathize for all of those that have been recently uh been uh laid off laid off thank you um you know they're trying to figure out what's next for them but Google in particular, and then we can expand beyond that, laid off, I think, thousands of employees as It was as well. like 6% of their workforce, which... Yeah, we can probably look at that uh, yeah, in this it's, article. It's um roughly, what, 12,000 employees... Right, or 6%. ...of the full-time workforce. It says, while employees have been... So this was what kind of stuck out to be, like the very beginning of this. I mean, you can get into more detail, but it says like some employees woke up like, didn't even know, like, they weren't really told who was getting laid off, what sectors were being affected. Like, they just, like, employees, employees just woke up and, like, went to log on and, like, their credentials didn't work. Man, that's tough. I mean, think about that. Like, and that's the thing is, like, uh, you know, which I'm, I understand, like, the, the CEO, Sundar, like, he's obviously the CEO of one of the largest, most innovative companies in the world, especially in the tech realm. I mean, Especially with technology and and everything that Alphabet and and has their hands in, which is the parent company of Google, you know that's a lot, right? That's a lot. But it's just like you know you got to remember to be kind of you know empathetic and I don't I don't know if I love the way they handled that because because think about it, if you woke up tomorrow and you did log on and you just couldn't log into Kroger and nobody told you anything. But you just got a, an email to your personal email that said, thank you for working here. Yeah, I like how you brought up uh, how this might not be empathetic in lots of companies. But playing devil's advocate here, similar to how we were going back and forth yeah, with, let's with hear Tesla. It. Yeah. What would be the right way to do this in your mind? Because it's never easy letting people go. Whatever the reason is, mm -hmm. what what is the right way and let's use this at scale of six percent of a company this large when it is one person obviously you can have hr involved and you bring someone in and there is a more uh empathetic way of going through hey you know you are no longer going to be working for our company yada 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 mm -hmm. obviously again you have hr involved and i'm actually speaking from uh I've been in a situation like that previous. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of know what that's like. And it was actually not, you know, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Um, was it nice? Uh, well, no, 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 no. It wasn't, I, I didn't feel there was, there were some uh, empathetic people in the room with me and the way that they laid it out 
all made sense. Uh-huh. And I kind of knew going into the meeting, I knew what it was going to be. Right. And that's a good sign when you have a transparent culture company. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe I slightly disagree with that in terms of that company. But anyhow, the way that they kind of brought me in and went through. And handled it. Yes. Yeah, thank you. The way that they handled the process, I had nothing to gripe about. But in a situation like this, yeah, if I were to log on and I can no longer access my materials because, hey, you've been let go, yeah, that seems like, yeah, you were just a number in our system. We don't really care about you. But again, as I just was pointing to, how do you properly handle that when you have, let's say, 12,000 people that you have to it's let a, go? I would say it's a cop-out to say that it's it's you can't do that. It's bullshit for big companies that say, oh, we couldn't figure out the best way to communicate it. It's just called lack of communication and 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 point blank. Like if they, they, they knew employees knew they were, they're going to be layoffs. Like he had, they, they had spread the word. They had said, Hey, you know, it's, 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 it's spanning the globe right now. And especially with high tech companies, like software companies and stuff, especially on the West coast. And it, they're, they're all laying people off. It's not, it's not a, it's not a, Oh, you know, all of a sudden, I mean, this has been going on for a couple months now and it's just getting worse, but I think it starts with communication and, even if it's a, you know, I think the biggest thing, if you read through this article, and, and a lot of stuff is hearsay and, and, and third-party information, was that they, they knew layoffs were coming, but nobody had been made aware of, like, what sectors, what, what's, whether they were senior levels, mid-level, low-level, you know, was it engineering for this product? Was it, they were just kind of left in the dark, and I think the best way for me personally that I think they could have handled it at Google is they could have said, "Hey, here's uh, you know here's an overview of where our financial center now. Google is a tr- publicly traded company, so you can kind of read some of that online. But hey, here's here's some information about where we're at right now, and where we're you know whether we're losing money or this is this is going on. Here's the path we're going at. You know, here's some information so you're aware. Now, is it totally possible for them at a company that size to go to every single person and say, hey? Joe, you're leaving your job. No, but could it, could could they have made the effort, knowing what's going on, to educate their their employees enough to say, hey, you know, yeah, yeah, layoffs are coming, and here's here's where we think they're going to happen, or here's a pot, you know, I don't know. I mean, that's the way I would think. Again, I'm probably oversimplifying it too, because. On one hand, you you want to communicate. On the other hand, you don't want your employees running off, especially if they're ones that you weren't going to let go, right? Like, if you if you over communicate this stuff and you have people start fleeing for the hills, and it's like they were the employees you wanted to keep. I don't know, but I still think it could have been done differently. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's a very tough situation, no matter what company you are. Um, but what you are trying to emphasizes there's probably more so a right way to do this Mm -hmm. no matter how large the layoff might be but yet again maybe because we're just here observing this maybe there was some prior communication Mm -hmm. to the company saying hey you know given our financial circumstances or the state of the economy because of yada 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 you know we are looking to make some cuts to our workforce mm-hmm. 
over the next two to three weeks, there could be jobs that will be eliminated, terminated, mm-hmm. eliminated overnight. See, in I think- preparation, we are going to be sending every single, I'm a, I was about to use the word customer, every single employee helpful resources to navigate this if you are chosen for whatever reason to no longer be part of the Google company or Alphabet, whatever the hell they call themselves these days. Yeah. Again, people would pick that apart saying that's not the right thing to do either. But again, how far do you go? And I'll take us down a little bit of a different route here too. Now, I'm saying if I'm the employee, like why do I have to then give a two weeks notice if I'm going to get, I could get fired at any point in time too, Mm -hmm. right? Now I'm, Again, taking us down a little bit of a different road here, but if you want to use the same logic, let's say that Google and these other companies are just terminating or eliminating right, like that, right? Like that overnight, then a person can get up and leave overnight, and there should be no consequences either, right? That's the catch. Yeah, it's the catch, and it's you know obviously the opinions we're sharing, and the I mean I'm empathizing because no, you're I, doing a great job. <laughs> I'm, I'm empathizing because I'm I'm sitting there going. If I had to wake up in the morning and before I took my daughter to school, I can't get it. And I'm logging in just to check my email and I can't get all my email. I probably call my boss and be like, Hey, I, I'm an idiot. I must've locked myself out. Yeah. And say like, no, like you're no longer with the company. I mean, you know how detrimental that is like, and so on that side, but it's not something you can avoid either. So like, there's a part of me that's empathetic and it's the part of me that's like, also business is business. You can't avoid ebbs and flows you can do your best to hedge against them but you can't avoid if you got to lay company lay people off you know cut off the arm to save the body so to speak it sounds really bad but you know um you got to make decisions i think you know you could get on a whole wormhole hayden of you know well it's it was it to keep you know because a lot of people would say oh well you know all the executives are still getting paid you know their salaries they're all they're actually all still getting there but a lot of people would say that and it's just like yeah, like there's so many different routes you go with that. But at the end of the day, I think laying people off in general, having to fire, whether you have one employee, five employees or 50,000 employees, you want to handle it delicately as much as you can. And I think you got a good point there. Of like, yeah, employees are expected to give two weeks notice. So companies aren't expected to give two weeks notice too. But again, as we've kind of been speculating or tip, like we're, we're not we don't entirely, know. We, don't, we know. don't know all the details. Yeah. So maybe they did kind of give some type of heads up. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's another little take related to all this. You can respond in a certain manner, which determines more or less uh, it's who you are, your character. Where I'm going with this is let's say that. I did wake up and I was let go from, I'll use Google here. Yeah. Obviously, you would be feeling all sorts of different emotions in the moment, but you can be the quote unquote bigger person and be like, you know what? These were the cards I was dealt. And you start picking your boots up and you get back to, all right, I got to figure out where my next job is mm-hmm. going to be instead of, you know, sulking and just like, you know, why me? I mean, you can still have those thoughts, but don't let them creep into, you know, uh, weeks or months. And you're like kind of sitting on the couch again, I'm going into, all right, shoot. I just got let go of Google. 
I'm a smart person, and let's say it's not even just Google, anywhere, you have to have that mindset, as we've talked about on plenty of our podcasts, of, you know what, this isn't the situation that I was expecting, but how am I going to respond? Mm-hmm. That's that's how you determine who you are as a person. And you can be like, you know what, screw Google, I hate the world, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, but that's probably not going to benefit you. Or you could be like, right. you know what? I'm a very talented individual. I work for one of the best companies in the world, Google. Did I like how they let me go? No, but you know what? I'm going to be all right, and I can figure out my next role pretty darn quickly, and I'm going to start looking now. You don't wait. And I've seen people on LinkedIn from not Google in particular, but just other companies that have had layoffs where Mm -hmm. they're like, you know what? I'm feeling all these different emotions, but most importantly, I'm thankful and I'm already willing to look for my next job because I know that I've got talent that I can add wherever it might be. And Mm -hmm. I think that's the right way that you kind of chalk this all up and you move on. You keep moving. Well, you can't dwell on it. I mean, that's for sure. I mean, it's not going to do anybody any good to sit around and say, poor me, woe is me. I mean, you can feel that way for a minute, get in your feelings, feel the way you got to feel. Yep. We all have to do that and then, and then move forward. I love that message, Hayden. I also think too, it's it's interesting to think about when stuff like this happens, how many entrepreneurs come out of this? Great question. I mean, think about that too. Like this is the part of this is actually, and it's like it's looking at it glass half full. Stuff like this is what also helps the economy in a weird it, it, it sounds really like it's it's a weird way of looking at it, but you've got twelve thousand employees that worked for one of the most high tech companies in the world. I mean, these, I'm sure a lot of these employees are top notch. I mean, to go get, to get a job at a company like that, I mean, you're, you're top level talent. Yep. So how much talent's now out there willing to put their talent towards other things? Exactly. I mean, that's, and, and so like from that point of view, glass half full is now you've got 12, 12 ish thousand Google ex Google employees that are hungry that are ready to get after it, that can now take their experiences and make the world a better place with whatever avenue they want to go. And probably, knowing Google, they probably cut them some pretty nice severance checks. So, not on top of like motivation, having some time, you've also maybe got a couple hundred thousand dollar check to start your own business. It's like uh, taking a snow globe, shaking it up, and then... You know, instead of it being snow, it's all these top talented individuals yeah. that they're going wherever. I mean, so from looking at that point of view, it's kind of like, okay, let's like watch, let's keep let's keep track of the innovations that come out of the people that left Google. I mean, that, I mean, a lot of companies are doing it, but I think that's also like kind of neat if you look at it that way to like see there's a silver lining and a lot of great stuff can come out of it. For sure, I think this will be a trend to keep. Uh watch on Cole from uh, the rest of the year forward. But uh, yeah, we wish the best to anyone that has been recently uh, laid off. Definitely challenging times uh, to your first point. It is good to be empathetic uh, to individuals and there's a right way to do that no matter how large your organization is, how many people you are laying off. And then on the flip side, as we are kind of wrapping up things with this particular topic, you need to make sure that you have a positive outlook or a positive mindset and we are not discounting you're going to still have you know those temporary emotions of i'm angry i'm frustrated i'm sad but you have to try to quickly move on to all right what's next for me you know what's interesting just a side note and i totally agree with everything you said just my brain's going how tight do you think the job market's going to be with these layoffs from these top tech companies 
elaborate on that for me. So what I'm saying is like you've got these these big technology companies that are and tight I actually meant competitive. So you got these companies that are like Google, Facebook, all these companies that are top level top tier talent laying off. Yeah. So the companies that are trying so like now you've got all these and, and some of them will become entrepreneurs and stuff like that. But like you got 12,000 Google employees laid off. Like they're they're all going to get a foot in the door for any company just because they have Google in their resume. You know how much harder though it is going to be able to, to get into the jobs. Like I, I think like that's going to be interesting too to see how c- competitive the job landscape gets because all these top level talent are going out and fighting for jobs. It's going to be interesting. No, you're you're right, and I actually know someone that's going through this situation right now, and I'd love to have them on the show. Um, and we're we're going to see if we can get them on sooner rather than later. But yeah, that, that's another great point. It's going to be very very tough. It's a, yeah, dude. This yeah. is this is fun stuff to talk about. I mean, it's be jacked up. Yeah. All right, let's uh, jump to our third and last topic for today. Oh, hit me. I know this is your favorite platform. No sarcasm whatsoever. I like I like the MyG baby. I I I went through a period of time where I wasn't the biggest fan. Not to say that I'm a big fan today, but anyhow, Instagram. They are making a change to their like home navigation page. Mm-hmm. And essentially they're removing the shop tab, as you can see from this article here. So Instagram is removing the shop tab, moving reels from the center spotlight and design overhaul next month. Uh, so for anyone that engages and uses Instagram, if you go to the like, homepage. Like, follow, share our page. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Love that plug. That's why Cole is 10 times smarter than I am. There is like a shop icon mm-hmm. um, and I'm looking at my phone at the same time and it's like, what the heck? Why? Why? Why even have that? Which I'm totally on board with this move because the amount of stuff that is promoted on Instagram is ridiculous. Now, I guess that it was probably a revenue stream for them to make additional money mm-hmm. because they probably get a cut. Not probably. I know they get a cut of everything that's sold on their platform, uh, no matter who you are and what you're you're pushing out there. But is Instagram really supposed to be a e-commerce platform or is it more of a social networking where their core offering used to be photos and then it gravitated into video content? I just feel like there's like there's a there's a bigger play here than them just trying to like take care of everybody. I mean, I think that at, from a business standpoint, they probably have a very specific reason why they're doing this. And I don't think it's because they're listening to their users. Um, I mean, do you, do you have more information on like specifically why they're saying they're doing it? Let's look. Um, would make it easier for users to access Instagram as experience. We have, I, I would slightly disagree with a couple of your comments there in terms of Instagram isn't listening no, to I its don't, users. I, and, not, no, I don't know. That's why it, no, it, it, this is why we have these conversations is it's just an open uh, debate and, and conversation in a healthy manner. I do think a lot of companies, smart companies, do listen to their um their customers. That's that's kind of the take that I wanted to, to slide in. Now, this 
Instagram example in particular, yeah, we, we don't know all the facts where Cole and I are trying to go through and see if there's anything that, uh, in particular stands out in terms of why they're, they're making this move, but maybe it was a lot of customer sentiment of, Hey, all I see on Instagram is ads, way too many ads. I don't come to use your product to go look and buy a new pair of shoes or whatever the heck it might be. If you recall, uh-oh, Jimmy's kicking things Are these days. Oh, I good. think we're all right. Um, if you recall, there are options whenever you see an ad mm-hmm. to click, I think it's three dots, and you can say, stop showing me this, and it gives you a reason. So there could be data points that Instagram had where they got so much feedback. People saying that of this and then you know they're like you know what maybe we need to kind of shift and like anything it is a pendulum it swings back and forth i bet you x amount of time we will see this same feature whatever you want to call it somewhere else on their app it's, it's kind, not it, going it, it, away it's in a different way it yeah is, yeah exactly but i do like in particular that this is no longer going to be found front and center on that the app like why Instagram isn't a place to go and buy products. Well, I mean, yeah, it, it, made it, it made it feel like an e- it made it feel like an e-commerce site yep. when it was never intended to. Like it's like, oh, I can shop on here, which is like kind of like okay, that just doesn't mesh with like the identity of Instagram like at all. And I think your spot, like, yeah, when you looked in and you see the shopping icon, it just didn't really ever make sense. Like, it, and and I think too, um, to the point. I mean, it, it is super annoying. Like you almost stop. You know, it's it's caused me a lot of the time subconsciously to get away from the because I'm just like I don't I don't need another ad like I don't I don't need to buy anything like I'm not on here to make any purchases. Maybe some people are, but I'm not. I, I'm tired of getting fed this stuff. None of us do, right? We yeah. see way too much of it these days. Everyone's trying to market and sell something. You and I included. Yeah. You know? That's why we want you to head to unscriptedexchanges.com. <laughs> buy some merch, baby. Yes, please. All right, Cole. I think that's enough for uh, today. I love today's conversation, by the way. We jumped into three pretty large companies. Don't know if you have anything else that you would like to share before we uh, call it uh, call it a day. No, I think this was a, a super exciting conversation. Uh, stay tuned. We're going to keep doing uh, different iterations of reactions, sharing some, some information that's out there. Uh, touching some topics that you guys might like might love maybe disagree with that's just going to be part of what we do Uh, and just you know check us out on youtube linkedin instagram you know we're trying to engage with you guys uh in in multiple different ways to make your lives better give you some information you can listen to and make it super simple to uh to listen to us on the jog or whatever you're doing we're everywhere we're coming to a digital platform near you or maybe in a physical location near you. Maybe something's coming. Stay tuned. Thanks, y'all. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.